Hi guys, my name's Jason and this is the UK Money Podcast. On this podcast, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I talk about all things to do with money. I talk about investments, I talk about budgeting, I talk about what's going on in the news with personal finance. I basically talk through loads of different issues that will hopefully help you manage your own money better and get ahead financially. Now, on today's episode of the podcast, I want to go through kind of my money playbook or my money template or I don't know what the, the right word is, but I've been getting a lot of questions lately from people who are really just starting out with trying to get their finances in order. So people who have maybe got into a bit of problem, a bit of trouble with debt, um, people who are maybe just um, students and are looking to get into the workforce and want to set themselves up correctly, people who are got young kids and all of a sudden they've got a lot more um, drag on their on their their income. All sorts of situations, different people that are just basically wanting to get their stuff together. So I want to go through, I've got, it's kind of like five steps that I think everybody um, should take or everybody can take if they're wanting to start with getting them their, their finances sorted out. Now, even if you are someone who has your finances quite, uh, quite well together, there may be one or two of these steps that maybe you've missed. So maybe you've um, maybe you've uh, really been starting to look at investing, but you haven't actually um, set up a budget for yourself properly, or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to be talking through those five steps today. So thank you very much for being with me here today. I apologise that it's been a little bit longer than usual between episodes. Um, as I said at the uh, a couple of episodes ago, we've got a newborn, so it's all it's all hands on deck here. Um, and uh, it's half term at the moment as well. So we, I've got my hands full, but that's all right. Um, that's all part of the game and you, you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? So um, that's the episode for today. I'm going to run through those, those five things. And as usual, if you have any questions, then please get in touch with me. So all my contact information is in the show notes, but um, I've been getting a lot of emails has been really uh, one of the main ways that people are getting uh, getting in touch with me. So that's jason at jasonmountford.com. You can also find me on all forms of social media. So I'm on um, Instagram, on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube under the UK Money Podcast. Basically, anywhere that you are on social media, I will probably be there. And actually, this week, I'm on Clubhouse as well. So that's quite new. Um, I'm still getting my head around that. I think that has a lot of potential. Um, I am looking into the option of maybe... Uh, I'm, oh, I'm just getting my head around the, the whole app to start with, but I think potentially setting up a room on there um, could be really beneficial. Um, potentially a, a regular room where we can talk through some of these issues in a bit more detail. I could take questions. Um, I could cover what's going on in the news um, or whatever the case may be. So if you're on Club, Clubhouse, I'm on just under my name over there, Jason Mountford. So give me a follow on there. Um, I'm still learning the ropes, so I'm just kind of listening in um, in the rooms at the moment, but uh, as time goes on, I'll get more active in in joining in as well. So, um, other than that, like I say, hit me up with your questions. Leave me a voice memo on Instagram. I'm still trying to get that going. I've not had. I've had one guy try and do it, which I really appreciated, but his microphone wasn't working. So. We're getting there, we're getting closer, but I've not had one yet. So please leave me a voice memo on Instagram um, if you if you would like to feature on the podcast. So with that said, let's get into my my playbook, my plan. I got to come up with a name for this, don't I? Um, let's get into my kind of five steps that I recommend that anyone should should take if they're wanting to get their finances in order. 
So the very first thing, right? So you're in this situation where you think, you know what? I've got to get my life in order. I've got to get my finances under control. Maybe you've got debt letters coming in. Maybe you're just starting your first full-time job and you've actually got a bit of spare cash in your pocket. Maybe you've just had a kid and you feel like you need to really um, buckle down and get the family finances in order. The first thing I recommend people do, and this might sound really simple, it is really simple, but write, sit down if with your partner if you've got one and write down all your assets and all your liabilities. And I mean everything. I mean the savings account that you forgot about, that's, that you don't even know how much you've got in there, log in there, find out how much is in there. The um, junior ISA or the child trust fund or whatever that your parents set up for you that you know they've still got the paperwork for, find out the paperwork, find out how much is in there. Debts, log into all your apps, find out what your loans are at, at the moment. You know, you might have a regular repayment that you make on a car loan or a personal loan or something, but you might not necessarily know how much is owing on that. So log in, call the company, whatever you need to do, find out all that information and write it all down. And like I say, that makes that might sound really simple and it is, but the reason why it's really powerful is because of, of kind of that example I just gave with, with the loans. Quite often we can fall into this trap of just, you know, as long as we're making the repayments or as long as the money is just leaving our account, we don't really think too much about kind of where we sit at any given point in time. So it actually can be a really powerful uh, tool to have everything there written down in black and white. And it might tell you, after you've gone through that process, it might tell you that actually, oh shit, I'm actually doing a bit better than I thought. My assets outweigh my liabilities. Um, There's more in that investment account than I thought there was or that savings account or whatever. And actually, I'm in a decent place for me to really sort of leverage things up, not leverage as in borrow, but ratchet things up in terms of um, maximizing my financial position. On the flip side, it might be a really good... um, wake-up call that potentially your level of debt isn't sustainable or needs to be looked at. So that is my number one thing. Nice blank piece of paper or blank Word document, very simple, two columns, all your assets, all your liabilities. And again, if you've got a partner, it's very important you do this together because if you live together, you know, even if you're not married, but if if you're in a long-term relationship and you live together, you know, your finances are intertwined whether you like it or not. Um, it's not, if you're not married, then the rules aren't exactly the same. You know, common law rules in the UK aren't um, that advanced. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're managing a lot of your finances as a couple and as a household, it's important that you approach it that way as well. So you've done that. You've got your nice um, spreadsheet or your nice Word document or your nice scribble on your, on your pad, whatever works for you with all your assets and liabilities. So you've got your net worth written down on a bit of paper. So that's good. That's your starting point. And like I say, the starting point could be really good, could be better than what you expected, or the starting point could need a bit of work. That's okay. The next thing you need to do is a budget. Now, I've talked about budgeting before, and I'm a really big fan of it, especially if you're at that point where you need to do something, where things aren't working out well. Now, the reason why a budget is so important is because it gives you the framework to make conscious decisions about where your money's going. Because if you don't make conscious decisions, and the way that most people or a lot of people tend to manage their money is the paycheck comes in, they spend, 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 don't really think about where that money's going, and then a week before payday or six days before payday or two weeks before payday or whatever, they see that they're running out of money and then go, oh shit, I need to tighten the belt. 
And going through that that sort of cycle means you're actually never going to end up with more money or money left over at the end of the month. You know, unless you make a conscious effort to save, for the vast majority of people out there, that's just going to end up with you spending everything and usually means spending everything before your next pay packet comes around. So the concept with doing a budget is, I often say it's very much like do, uh, like um, uh, like a diet. And really the speci- what I mean by that specifically is that if you make it too strict, you are not going to stick to it. You know, if you decide, if you kind of write down that on, you know, do up a diet plan because you want to lose a few kilos or a few pounds um, and you just, and you say, look, I'm going to live on boiled rice and broccoli and plain chicken with no seasoning for six months or 12 months, you're not going to last. You know, you may get some really great results off the bat, but at the end of the day, you're eventually going to fall off the wagon because it's not sustainable and it's not a long-term solution. You know, it's a kind of a cliche in in health and fitness circles, but it's about a lifestyle change, not a crash diet. And with a budget, it's exactly the same. It's about a lifestyle change, not a crash budget. So in order to make it sustainable, in order to make it something you can stick to, it is incredibly important that you build in stuff that you like to do. So, you know, yes, you need to list your rent or your mortgage, obviously. Yes, you need to have money in there for your bills. Yes, you need to have money built in there for maintenance on your house if you own a house. Yes, you need to have clothing, replacement, food, all that stuff. All that stuff that is necessary for your life, obviously you need to have that in your budget and it needs to be realistic. Again, if you usually spend £200 a week on food, you can't, you shouldn't put £50 a week as your budget, you know yeah, okay, maybe try and tighten the belt a bit, but be realistic with how you want to live your life and how much you can actually um, realistically cut from that if you are looking to cut it. You can always cut it more over time, but it's important to do it in steps. So do the budget with all the basics. Do the budget with obviously paying off any debts you've got, making the minimum payments to those, but then make sure you have money in there for the stuff that you like to do, the fun stuff. Now, there's not a lot of fun stuff we can do at the moment, so that job is a bit easier, but hopefully soon the world will start to open up and we will have some more things that we can go and enjoy and spend our money on. And it's okay to do those things and it's okay to do those things even if you're trying to save money or even if you're trying to pay off debts. The important thing is to do them in a sustainable way. So if you run through those budget and you put all put in all the fun things you like to, you put in the hobbies you've got, you put in the meals out you like to have, the takeaways, the um, all your subscription services, whatever. You put in all that stuff and let's say you get to the end of that, that doing that budget exercise and you're in a cash flow shortfall. So you're spending more than you're earning. That's obviously a problem and that needs some tweaking. So what you then need to do is look at that budget and don't just cut all the fun stuff automatically up completely. It's just about trade-offs. And again, this is where it comes back to being conscious about the decisions you make with your money. So you may have... Um, I don't know. You might really like to. What's a good example? I should probably should have thought of this before. You might have a gym membership, right? And you might go to a restaurant once a week, twice a week. Let's say twice a week. You might have a gym membership, and you might go to a rest. You like to go to a restaurant twice a week, and it might be that you do your budget. You're in a cash flow shortfall. Something's got to give there, right? So you either need you either need to get rid of the gym or you need to decide that you're only going to go out for a meal once a week. And that is just making a conscious decision about what's more important to you. You know, maybe 
you don't love the gym, you know, maybe you enjoy running and you run a couple of times a week and the gym kind of supplements that. Well, you know, health and fitness is very important, but is there another way you can still uh, maintain your health and fitness without spending the money on the gym membership, for example? So maybe you decide, look, I'm really enjoying my running at the moment. I'm just going to go running four times a week instead of two and ditch the gym. Great. You've got some more fat in your budget. Alternatively, alternatively, maybe you love the gym and maybe you get a lot of mental health benefits and physical benefits and that's the way in which you like to unwind and all that stuff. Great. Keep the gym. Maybe you cut the meals to once a week, for example. So all it is about is it's about adjusting where you're spending your money and making sure that you're making conscious decisions about living the life you want to live and focusing on the things that provide the most value to your life. So the end result of that is you want to get to a point where you've got a surplus in that budget. And obviously, the bigger the surplus, the better. So it's about being reasonable, doing the things you want, but trying to cut money from that budget where you can. You got the budget, you're feeling good, things are starting to shape up, your Word document or your spreadsheet is starting to look pretty sexy. The next thing you need to do is to build up an emergency fund. So the budget should include the minimum repayments on your debt you've got. So that's credit cards, that's um, you know car loans if you've got them, personal loans, mortgage, whatever. That should all be included in your budget, the minimums or the amounts you've got to pay on them. The first thing you need to do is build up an emergency fund. And the reason why that is so important is because that is what's going to stop you from getting further into debt if things come up that are unexpected. So things happen, right? Things happen that we don't expect. The boiler breaks, um, the boiler breaks. we need new tires for the car, um, kid needs something for school that you weren't expecting. Loads of different stuff can happen that we don't expect that cost us money. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is is that a lot of people rely on things like credit cards in order to meet those expenses. And that's a problem because once you've paid a grand or two grand or 500 quid onto a credit card, it's really hard to pay it off. You know, you've got a sky high interest rate on most credit cards. If you've not got a really rock solid budget, it's really hard to find that extra money to pay that off. And and then you end up in this endless cycle where whenever you do have extra money, you're paying off debt. And then if another emergency happens, you're then taking out more um, loans at the end of that. And it's, it's, a, it's this vicious cycle. So an emergency fund is super, super important. Now, the amount for an emergency fund is going to be different for everybody. We often say in financial planning circles, six months worth of living expenses is a really good amount to have. Um, you could probably get away with three months if you're, if you're um, um, prepared to have a little bit less of a buffer. And when we say three months or six months worth of living expenses, you know you can also probably get away with just doing the discretionary um, basis. So, uh, sorry, not discretionary. The the, the real basics um, of invest uh, of your budget. Sorry. So, if you've got you know all of those discretionary expenditures like streaming services or meals out or whatever, you know if it's an emergency and you've lost your job. Um, then you're probably not going to, you know, you're not going to have to do those things for a period of time. So three to six months of core non-negotiable living expenses. That's really important. Fast forward a few months time or however long it takes you, you've got all your assets and liabilities picture. You've got that picture written down. You've got a really solid budget that's working for you. It's accurate. It's It makes sense. You're still enjoying life. Number three, you built up an emergency fund. Fantastic. The next thing you need to do is start paying off debt if you've got debt. And I want to do, I want to um, 
differentiate here between um, when you're talking about debts like um, high interest credit cards, like I mentioned before, high interest personal loans, um, any debt that has a really high level of interest is something you should really focus on paying down as soon as possible before you even start thinking about investing. You know, if you think about a credit card with a 20% interest rate, you're going to need, if you take into account tax and all sorts, you're going to need a 20% plus return every year from an investment to outweigh the benefit of paying off that credit card. So you shouldn't even think about investments until you've paid off that really high um, that high interest debt. Now, things like mortgage um, are a much longer time time frame. They're a much longer game, and you know you shouldn't necessarily look to pay off your mortgage before you start to invest. You know you can if you want. You know a lot of people focus really hard on paying down that mortgage. And I have actually done a previous podcast episode about that. Um, but when I'm talking about paying off debt as an emergent, as like as a thing you need to do up front, I'm talking about high interest debt. Now, there are a couple of ways you can attack this debt, and it will depend on your situation, how your debts are structured, how many debts you've got. The first one, and kind of the one that makes the most sense financially, is to start with the highest interest interest one first. So obviously, if you've got a debt that's paying that it's charging you twenty percent interest, and another one that's seven percent interest, you're going to save more in interest by paying off the twenty percent interest one first. That you know makes mathematical sense, right? So that's the first way you can do it: is just start attacking with that surplus income that you have been putting into your emergency fund, the surplus from your budget, redirect that into your highest interest debt. The other way to do it is what's known as the snowball method. And the snowball method is more about the mindset. So if you're someone who um, maybe struggles to stick to a budget a little bit or you feel like you would easily get demotivated with trying to sort your finances out, the snowball method is where you start with your smallest debt first and then once that's paid off, redirect your money into the next smallest debt and next one and so on and so forth. And the reason why this, it can be really good from like a mental perspective is you're ticking those debts off. So if you've got like, let's say you've got um, uh, 250 quid a month as your income surplus and you've got a couple of small debts that are like a couple hundred quid, you could get rid of them completely. You could get rid of two debts in the first two months. And that's a, that's going to be a really good feeling. That's going to make you feel like you're making progress. It's going to make you feel like the choices that you're making are going to help you in the future. So like I say, from a purely mathematical perspective, you should pay off the highest interest debt first, but looking at the snowball method is something else to consider. Now, I want to also preface that when we're talking about focusing on one debt or the other, you still should need to make the minimum repayments on all of them. You know, you don't want to get in trouble with the lenders. You don't want to start affecting your credit score. So, you, you know, you, you continue to make the minimum repayments on all of these debts and then you just have kind of laser focus on one at a time, whichever way you, you choose to do that. And then once that one is paid off, obviously then you no longer need the minimum to go to that one and that, that means you've got more to put into tackling the next one. So that is really, really important to get yourself set up financially is to just start nailing off those debts. The less debt you can have, the better, in my opinion. You know, I think a mortgage makes sense. Not many people are going to be able to buy a property with cash outright. Um, but I think other than that, you should really try to avoid debts as much as you possibly can. The clients who or the people who I speak to who are in the most trouble financially are the ones who who go down this route of, of ending up in a vicious cycle with debt. You know, payday loans, these 
shitty rental schemes for like renting TVs and stuff and they're not paying the debts, which then means the debt collectors come after them and they get extra penalties put on top and all sorts of stuff. So really important to stay on top of that. Things are starting to look pretty good now. You got all, you've got a, a, a really nice looking picture built up. You've got an emergency fund. I'm, and I'm telling you, if you've never been in a situation where you've got no debt and you've got an emergency fund, you are going to be feeling bloody good at this point. You know, I think one of the um, one of the really underrated um, aspects of um, of getting on top of your finances is the lack of mental stress that you have. You know, I think if you are in a situation where you have a lot of debts that you're trying to juggle and you don't have money you can rely on if something goes wrong, I think it's easy to underestimate how difficult that can be from a, from a mental perspective and how stressful that can be. When you get in this situation where you've got no one coming to your door, knocking on it, asking you for money every every week or every month, and you've got a couple grand in the bank or, or a few grand in the bank that you know if something goes wrong, you can, you've got the money for it, that is an incredibly powerful feeling and that confidence and that lack of anxiety it's it's priceless basically dogs having a little bark there um right so you're in that situation you're feeling really good you got no debts and all of a sudden this budget is starting to look even better because you built out your emergency fund all that money that you were directing into debt is now needs a home, needs somewhere to go. And this is at the point where it's worth starting to think about investments. Now, you know, I'm not going to, um, am I going to go into investments? I'll go into investments a little bit. So the key point here is it's really at this point, up until now, you've kind of just been laying the foundations for your financial plan. You've been getting yourself into a position where there's no major detractors and there's no major boulders that's going to destroy your plan. And this is getting yeah, this is getting you into a place where you can start making choices and you can start thinking about what you want your future to look like and what you want um, what you want your money to be working towards for you. So at this point, there's actually six steps really. I said five, but there's a kind of like a 4.5 here. So 4.5 or five, whatever you want to call it, is doing up your goals and objectives. And you can start thinking about this all the way through really because that can keep you help keep you motivated as well. But the whole point of getting to this, this, um, this stage is to be able to use your money to work for you, to work towards you living the life you want. So before you start investing, you need to think about why you're investing. So you need to think about what you want your life to look like. And that could be that you want to have enough money to be able to go and travel the world for two years and make a vlog or write a book or just have a good time. That might be that you have a family, but you would like to, and you've so you've got financial commitments, but you would like to have some freedom to be able to retrain to do something different because you don't like the job that you've got. You don't like the career you're in. Um, this could be just that you are coming up to retirement and actually you need to get your shit together because you're not in a place where you're going to be able to retire. So whatever the case may be, and it's very personal to you, you need to just sit down and think about what it is you're trying to work towards. Think about how far away those objectives are. Is it something you're trying to achieve in a couple of years? Is it something that you're trying to achieve in 10 years, five years plus, whatever? So like I say, there is no right or wrong with this. It's just about what's going to be right for you. But once you start to narrow down what that looks like, what those objectives look like, what you want your money to be working towards, then it's time to have a look at that spare cash flow and start to direct it towards investments. 
And, you know, this comes back to timeframes as well. Um, you know, if you're looking at something that is going to, you'd like to do in a year or two, you know, if it is travel that you want to do, if it is retraining, then, you know, I've talked about this a lot in the past, but you need, need to have a long enough timeframe to be able to look, consider investment. So if it is something quite short term, then, you know, you're probably just going to be building up that emergency fund more you know, pumping more money into cash, you know, and maybe that means you end up with two years worth of living expenses in cash. And then you can do those things you want to do. You can spend that money down while you retrain. You can spend that money traveling the world. You can spend that money doing whatever it is that you had planned to do. If on the other hand, it's a little bit more long-term, you know, that's when you can start considering portfolio investment, things like shares, um, diversified portfolios, I'm a lot more of a fan of, as I'm sure you will, if you've listened to other podcast episodes, you will know. Um, I'm not about picking direct stocks and ending up with five shares in a, in a, in a, calling that a portfolio. It's not. But it's a good time to start doing some research on diversification, doing some research on volatility, on risk, and starting to get an understanding of, of the ways in which you can invest your money for long-term growth. And then it's just a matter of getting that plan in place, picking your investments, you know, thinking about the um, bits and pieces like the tax position, you know, considering ISAs, considering pensions, all those kind of things. If you if this is your first podcast episode, I really suggest you go back and listen to some of my past ones because I talk about those things in more detail about how to structure investments. But, you know, it's just about building that financial plan and building the way in which you'd like to grow your grow your wealth. And then it becomes set and forget. You know, you've got that cash flow that was going to debt, was going to build up an emergency fund. Now it's just going into these investments every month. If the stock market goes through a crash, you don't care because you've got your 500 quid or your 200 quid or whatever going into your investments. You'll be, you're able to buy things at a discount. Crashes are good for you at that point. Um, and it becomes an automatic um line towards your objectives and towards your goals. And, you know, it's always going to be important to, to revisit that, you know, re can always be keeping an eye on, on those objectives. What are they? Are they, are you looking like you're on track? Do you need to adjust your budget? Do you need to try and save more? Um, you know, can you spend a little bit more if you want in your life and, and now and still meet your objectives? So it's always going to be need tweaking, but it will become almost an automatic thing. And your circumstances will change as well. You know, you'll get a pay rise at work. You might have another child. You might have to move cities. And at that point, it's just about kind of restarting that process, resetting where you're at, thinking about where you want to get to, and then adjusting that investment plan, adjusting, adjusting that budget, adjusting the emergency fund. You know, maybe if you're a single guy, your emergency fund, you think, you know, what, three months, that is more than enough for me. I can always go and DOS with mum and dad if I need to. If a few years down the track, you're married and you've got your second kid on the way, maybe you need to build up that emergency fund a bit more. So this process can be can be revisited and can be adjusted as time goes on. But I almost guarantee that if you go through those five, well, six, no, I said six really, those six steps, that is like financial independence in a nutshell, right? That is That's basically it. And it's the same as I, I, I talked about dieting or, or Dieting's a, a crap word, isn't it? But I talked about like health and fitness. It's exactly the same in terms of the actual nuts and bolts of it are really simple. You know, it's eat better food, eat more vegetables, don't eat too much of it and exercise. You know, it really at the end of the day, you can make it really complicated, but it's not much more complicated than that. Obviously, that is very much not my area of expertise. Financial independence is really very much the same. 
you know, it is actually quite simple. It is actually quite boring, but it is actually quite hard to stick to. So it's just about doing stuff that is going to be sustainable for you and stuff that you can stick to. So I hope that has been beneficial to you. I hope that if you're kind of a bit floundering a bit of where to start on the journey for financial freedom, that kind of gives you a bit of a roadmap of, of how to kick things off. Um, if you're kind of a bit more advanced than that, hopefully there's been a couple of one or two bits and pieces in there that maybe you've been able to pick up as well. Now, I am looking to um, do, this is obviously quite fundamental stuff, which is great. Um, I'm more than happy to start doing um, stuff that's slightly more complex. I guess the issue is that I, I don't want to be doing that if that's not information that is going to be valuable to you. So again, please do get in touch with me. Even if your question is maybe a bit niche or a bit complex, um, throw it at me, throw it at me. It may be that there's actually a few more people out there thinking that same thing than, than you realize. So um, look, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast, guys. I really appreciate all the support that I'm getting. It's been fantastic. Um, do hit me up on my social media. Do go over on YouTube if you prefer to watch videos. Um, Clubhouse, let's 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 try Clubhouse out. Um, but uh, other than that, look, uh, I, I'm also going to put the, these five, these six um, notes, these six steps in the show notes as well. So you've just got them in a nice snapshot there. So look, I really do appreciate your time today. I appreciate you listening to the pod every week and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about my free weekly newsletter, also called The Hedge. Every week I comb through all the social feeds and news websites to cut through the noise and bring you the latest news and ideas in investing, business, entrepreneurship and personal development. As with all content from The Hedge, the aim is to help you grow your wealth in a way that allows you to be your real, authentic self. If you'd like to sign up, you can find the link as well as the links to all our other content at thehedge.io.